Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jody Paul. Welcome to episode 133. On this episode, we have been to Netflix to watch an Australian horror movie, Run Rabbit Run. We've got a special guest for our Something to Scream About. And our movie from the vault is 1973's The Wicker Man, which is 50 years old, believe it or not. How the devil are you guys? Top of the morning. <laughs> oh my Pond. god. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, Irish listeners. Well yeah, we have a special guest with us today. The hint. Uh Colm, how are you doing? Not too bad, everybody. How are things? Good, good, good. How are you? Not too bad. I really liked the introduction there. That was moderately racist but let's, <laughs> let's try and get through it moderately that's, yeah. that's, uh, he's been like a tiny coil spring there just waiting to do that honestly uh, i've been trying to program skype to get a leprechaun up in the base i'm not that technically sound really so as you can tell um calm you're from ireland <laughs> correct yep <laughs> and yeah so you you basically know jory paul for your sins my many multiple grievous sins, yes. <laughs> and he, so he tells us your, we've heard a little bit about you. He's been talking behind your back about your amazing collection of horror movies. Which, oh, of movies, yeah. That collection. We'll talk about that one first. Oh, yes. uh, it's a good collection coming along. It's not complete, and I don't know if it ever will be. Oh, he's been very modest here, guys. He's got a lot of, uh, a lot of Arrow, a lot of uh, box sets, a lot of 4Ks. And he has this like amazing cinema room as well, which sometimes he lets me come around his house and watch films. It's quite good. Oh, wow. It's taken many, many years. Bit by bit by bit, I'll get there. Yeah, Eventually. Where in, where in Ireland are you from? I'm from the very far north up near the Giants Causeway, uh, but I'm currently living in Monaghan. And <sighs> sure, you got to live somewhere, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> all right oh. one hand's like just for those of you know it's like the the worst part of ireland so <laughs> there's a lot of worst parts well yeah <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's not it's lovely it's very nice yes. okay then Carl, we'll, we'll we'll hit you with the hard stuff straight away so what's your we, we ask this pretty much anyone who comes on so what is your earliest memory of of a horror movie as a kid we didn't watch a whole pile of movies like so bits and pieces on TV and whatnot, but the main things I do remember are like books and stuff and TV adaptations that would have been on. Like a lot of the Miss Marbles are pretty creepy. <laughs> uh, I remember reading the Sherlock Holmes books, you know, the little tiny kids books that you get. That's the one I was scared of most. Um, there was a story where the snake came into the room and killed somebody and then climbed up the string again. And that terrified me as a kid. Um, I started watching movies later on. And then I got really into it. <laughs> what would you say your uh, your first movie experience was with horror? What was the hook? To be honest, The Wicker Man's probably a pretty early watch for me. The Wicker Man, The Thing, and <laughs> how, how old were you when you watched The Wicker Man? Boy. There was, there's a bit of dance on it. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching it about maybe 16, 17 not too early, earlier than I'd let the kids watch it, but <laughs> um, an alien. I remember watching Alien when I was good bit younger than that. Basically, movies that can 
make you feel something and that's what horror does more than a lot of movies do 100 percent. cool so what what is your favorite horror film i know that's a, a pretty broad question to ask you because i do know you so what <laughs> is is the the if you had i suppose if you were on a desert island stranded with one horror film which one would you which one would you pick evil that is an evil <laughs> question it's again if we're going to stick with the same theme of movies that make you feel something and experience something probably the exorcist just because every time you watch that movie it's it's not a different movie but it's a different experience for you based on what you're bringing so it was different before i had a kid different after i have a kid different whenever you get married whatever you bring to it it reflects back and gives you another experience so oh, probably the exorcist good answer, that is. pretty evil one to be stuck on a desert island with though watching that over and over again <laughs> but which one have you watched the most that you could <laughs> I suppose we want a bit of a giggle Dawn of the Dead for me I reckon like I've watched the uh, Zack Schneider Dawn of the Dead over and over again on a desert island it's got a bit of a giggle lots of gore hmm. and some tits so that's what you mean <laughs> really. that's it had to bring it down didn't you <laughs> yeah. I would say Jaws but uh, it might scare me from ever attempting an escape attempt on a desert <laughs> island <laughs> oh my god that's, a, that's, one for a few, that's one for a future though like desert island horror movies desert island we watched we watched one a couple of years ago was it called Sweet Sweet something you remember uh, she was, Sweetheart Sweetheart she was trapped on an island with a, with a sort of like beast of some kind that was a good movie mm. yeah Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> oh, we do like that, yes. The Val Kilmer one. Yep. Uh, the guy that directed went and did nothing for 17 years and then did The Colour Out of Space. That's right, yeah. That, that was, that was right. Richard Stanley. Yeah. That's it was. Mm-hmm. Although he's been a bit um, bit uh, kind of uh, outed by everything now, and he? he's mm. been a bit of a naughty lad, allegedly. A lot of it going around. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh God, please, no more. Right. Have you got any more questions, Geordie Paul? No, I haven't got any more questions. Cool. Should we um, dive into what we've all been up to in the last couple of weeks and what we've watched? Because I'm going to go, I'm going to be really greedy. I'm going to go first. Because the first time in my life, well, not the first time in my life, the first time I've actually watched some stuff, which is amazing (laughs) for me. So I'm going to run down them because i'm pretty proud of myself for the last two weeks because there's some movies on my watch list that i've really 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 wanted to watch for a while the first one um i watched a movie called a girl walks home at night an iranian vampire movie that's um that's pretty cool what'd you watch Uh, that on i picked it up on blu-ray so a physical copy because i I just always picked up and i've always wanted to watch it and it's res- relatively cheap, so I thought I'd give it a go. And it was really, really good. Really enjoyed it. It's a very, very slow burn, um, but um, it's really interesting. Um, and it's beautifully shot. I was like, I don't know if any of you guys have watched it. Mm-hmm. No. Not a long up. time ago. Mm. Is that really, really 10 years? It. Yeah. yeah. Really, it's one of them, that, that the artwork is amazing on the, on the sleeve. And it's, it's just something that's always caught my eye, but I've never seen it, so... And Elijah Wood is one of the producers on it. With his, I think it's one of his company, yeah. 
and um yeah I, I loved it so that was cool worth definitely watching um i think you can rent it on some places um i also watched um as a kind of like a happy birthday thing uh, i watched uh, army of darkness nice treat for yourself because it's bruce uh, uh, bruce's birthday so i was like yeah i might as well watch it loved it brilliant this is my boomstick <laughs> it's so I, I couldn't like it was so much more funnier than i remember it like i think i maybe i was a bit too young last time i watched it but it's it's great loved it loved it also there's a bit a bit of a sad news really should, we should probably talk about it in news but obviously um uh r.i.p julian sands his remains were found unfortunately he was um hiking they've actually found his remain, remains now but I've always wanted to seek out Warlock because I've never seen it and it was actually on YouTube for free it was a fucking terrible copy of it but it's like it's not streaming anywhere else and I don't think you can actually buy it either at the moment maybe online like eBay or something like that but I watched that and uh, that was interesting I don't know if I liked it don't know if I liked it because I mean Julian Sands is brilliant in it Richard E. Grant's brilliant in it but I don't really it's it's a bit crazy and a bit weird i don't know if i liked it and are you guys seeing warlock could they pick any two more peculiar looking men to play oh, no. <laughs> well there <laughs> is video call on here so yes well, yeah, fair enough, <laughs> would appeared yeah. with the answer <laughs> but yeah i i julian sands always freaked me out just from watching arachnophobia i thought he was the skin of arachnophobia um yeah scary man but yeah rest in peace but yeah, so that that was interesting. But the the movie that I picked up, I picked up in the eighty eight um on the eighty eight label. But basically, there's a sale on at the moment in a a well known place. I'm not going to mention. Um, but I picked up the a film called The Seventh Curse. I don't know if you guys have seen it. No, nope. That is the cover. Ooh. Not really a bit pointless on a podcast, but it's a Hong Kong movie and it think horror, kung fu, Indiana Jones, blood and guts. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, I I a lot of boxes there. I, I <laughs> cannot believe that I have not seen this film. I, I basically picked it up and um, one of the avid listeners, um, Simon, came into the store and I picked it up and said, oh, have you ever seen this? Because like... I've picked up and I love the cover. I don't know if it's any good. And he, he was like, just get it. Just get it because it's, it's fucking batshit. And I got it. And I trusted him because I thought it was good. But I also got another one which I haven't watched yet, which is called uh, Ricky O, Story of Ricky. It's also meant to be batshit. I haven't broken that one open yet. I've heard of that. Fun. I've actually Crazy. heard of that. And I, yeah. I, someone has told me it is mental. Yeah. So, yeah. But The Seventh Curse oh my god literally uh, you know i think i'm gonna have to have it as a pick but yeah 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 please i want to watch that i, I just fucking loved it it was absolutely brilliant but i like i'd literally go out and watch it but not yet because i might have it for a pick but yeah that, that was me so. all right i'll go next because mine are just going to go flip through um i watched a couple of ones that you guys have mentioned in the last couple of weeks so i watched in the earth the ben week the ben weekly one um which is uh, on netflix at the moment and i thought it was fantastic it was so weird it was a bit the guy who played who was from game of thrones with the afro yes yeah. sort of annoys me 
as an actor in general. But I guess that was um, his persona. So he kind of took me out of it a little bit. But the rest of it, like the guy from um, uh, League of the Rome, League of the Rome, League of Extraordinary, yeah, League of Gentlemen, League of <laughs> something. He's in a league somewhere. He's the in some league kind of league. But he was great, and it was um, just weird. Again, it was just like no idea what the fuck's going on. Uh, remind me, reminded me a little bit of the happening, um, but in a good way, obviously. Um, and then yeah, so and then the other one that Matt watched um, was the Poughkeepsie tapes, which I can't recommend enough. I don't even know where to start with this one. It was, it was just like a. I don't know they pick a horrid, horrid little movie in it. Yeah, yeah, it's a just... dirty little movie. Makes you want to have a bit of a shower afterwards. It's not. It's dirty. It's not. It's it's just very, yeah, and because of the fact that it's not what it says it is, and I'm like, okay, you you somebody came up with this idea, makes it even worse. It's just like a almost like a mockumentary, I guess, but it's just yeah, well the worst sort of things that Hannibal Lecter probably did um that no one saw on the on the tape <laughs> I think it's like I think it's free on Amazon Prime with adverts I think at the moment, yeah so. yeah um and then I finished off Tin and Tina which is a weird um uh, what was it um Scandinavian horror two little creepy kids very village of the damned but maybe not all, all, all you've seen and it's got some great sort of um uh, great shots in it and some great sort of um very creepy moments with it's two creepy kids they're like albinos so immediately they've got something about them and they're just very deeply religious um and some weird stuff starts happening in the house i recommend i recommend a watch it can get a bit slow sometimes but when it does amp up you're like okay that was a bit wrong <laughs> Any any boys seen it? No, no, it's on my Netflix list to watch. It's on the so. list, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely watch it. It's a bit long, maybe a bit long, hour and forty-five. But you know, whatever. There we go. That's mine. All right, I'll 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 pick that up then. So I watched um, some random 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 films. So Sleepy Hollow. I watched Sleepy Hollow. Never seen that in years. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still like Christopher Walken as the headless horseman. I think. Yeah. Still still very creepy. Yeah, but um, can't, wait right. to, can't wait to see him in June. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that, that trailer looks amazing. To be honest, it's more about Austin Butler as the crazy white psychopath man. I've heard things. I've heard things. Fired Rufa. Hmm, Sting he's gonna play the same role as Sting play, didn't he? Yeah, but minus uh, the nappy. And the ginger hair. <laughs> Shame. Um, and yeah, then I watched uh, I watched Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> oh, oh don't you? How dare you? Do not say a Deep Blue Sea. I love Deep Blue Sea. Oh my I know, god! I know. It's I know. pure cheese. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, I watched that the other day and, and just smiled all the way through it. And then uh, finally, the last one I watched. Um, I just took it. I, I was sorting through my Blu-rays, and I just was like, I haven't seen this in ages. And I'm going to put it on. Wreck Two. Good choice. Um, yeah, like the wedding one. No, that's Wreck Three. But oh, I think Wreck all the wrecks are on Arrow at the moment. Yeah. yeah. 
but oh my god, I, 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 again, I've only ever seen it once, so this was obviously a second time viewing, and I, oh, it's just as good as the first one for me. Is this the and one that kind of explains it a bit more? Yeah, well, it, it goes down there instead of like the first one's more of a zombie film, really, isn't it? And then the second one's goes into like demonic possession. Yeah, because it follows directly on from the first, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the same yeah. sort of yeah, the same building and the same sort of, but yeah, it explains a bit more of the law, but takes it off in a, in for me, quite a clever direction. Not, it's not just a, a zombie film for being a zombie film's sake. It actually takes it somewhere. So yeah, no, I'd, again, really good. So if, if you, anyone out there hasn't seen it, it's definitely a, a worthy sequel. So yeah, but that was me this week. Hmm. Tom, you got? An, have you been watching anything? Well, I got. Zelda on the Switch, so my movie watching has really taken a bit of a hit. <laughs> my letterbox has dropped way off, so it has. Uh, but I did watch The Vanishing. Ooh, yeah. It's, it, I think it's Spurlos. It's Danish, or I don't know. Is that did that get remade? I was, I thought you were yeah. about to say the one with Jeff Bridges in. I was like, oh, uh, isn't there a film called The Vanishing on the Seventh Street or something like that as well? It, it was remade. It was remade with Jared Butler. So I haven't watched that one yet, oh, <laughs> but this was really, really good. Uh, so a couple are on holidays, they're very much in love, and then they go to uh, like a petrol station, and then he's looking at her, and all of a sudden she disappears. Can't be found anywhere. And then bit by bit, it transpires that somebody's scooped her, and nobody knows what's happened. But he starts taunting the guy, so he basically has destroyed his life, and he spends the entire movie trying to find them and they're just teasing each other and that's quite a fantastic end too i yeah hardly recommend that i know so it did get remade didn't it it was a so jeff bridges and sandra bullock and Kiefer sutherland yeah but but oh yeah and the front cover of the artworks jeff bridges looking quite mean yeah so yeah they do when it's like petrol station she disappears and then it's he spends like obviously her husband's like obsessed with finding her and he sort of like, but in the in the the American remake, he doesn't taunt taunt him or anything. It's sort of like a yeah, there's well, a like, coming together, uh, but it's not like a cat and mouse game or anything. Like on the anniversary, he'll send him a letter and go, "I want you to be at this location," and then bit by bit and year by year, he gets closer and closer to him. Bastard. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> nice. That reminds me of another film like that. I'm sure like the called Breakdown. Breakdown. Yeah, Russell. Kind of yeah, isn't that the same where his wife goes missing? Oh yeah, yeah. by the side of the road. Yeah. He goes to get help and comes back. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we got some uh, news. Uh, some, there's a little bit of news coming out. I'm going to start. <laughs> um, the Nun Two, September release. <sighs> You're all right, man. <laughs> I watched the trailer. I wish I hadn't bothered. Yeah, Valak, Valak <laughs> is back. And it's, um, I mean, that movie made over £300 million, pound, that first one. And that's, that's the reason bananas. why there's another. Loads. Don't know how. Um, <laughs> I mean, we reviewed it, got on with it a little bit, but it had, it, had its um, moments, but I don't know if I needed need a new one. We knew that it was this was coming because of the success of it. Um, but um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the trailer again it's uh the conjuring it's going to be some creepy moments in it the nundering very good um (laughs) (laughs) so yeah there's the trailer watch that go and watch the trailer it'll be out on september the 8th and i'm sure we're 
can't wait to watch it and review it on the podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's me done, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, you stole one of mine. So the other, only other one I've got is the Alien movie has finished filming. Can't wait. So it's out 2024. Feli Alvarez, please don't fuck it up. Make sure the alien kill all of the central cast who are children. And just have I don't think he will. I don't think he'd make a mess of it. I think it'll be... Look, do we're all going to see it. Do you feel that it's one that we review on the pod? A hundred... Are you kidding? I would imagine. I can't imagine the reason why you would. I don't know. I mean... We did pray. I wouldn't do... So, I wouldn't review Prometheus. So... Well, we probably bit. would have if he was doing the pod when Prometheus was out. <laughs> yeah, I would have done it. So it's out on August 16th, That's so right, it might yeah. kind of hit a lot of other big summertime movies, so maybe it'll just pass by. Oh, no. Yeah, but <laughs> look, I don't know. <laughs> like you get a or is it just going to uh, Disney Plus? Uh, it better not just be going to Disney Plus. This, this, if you look at the summer movies this year, though, Colm, it's like you've got Mission Impossible and Oppenheimer. There's nothing don't like... Barbie. Yeah, but... They, I, I actually can't wait for Barbie. <laughs> Barbie and turtles, so yeah, this could that could fit in nicely a bit of uh, summer. That could be a good summer movie. Mm-hmm. I'm literally think I'm going to go and watch Oppenheimer and Barbie on the same day. Have you seen all the memes going around <laughs> of like the good pink experience. mushroom clouds and stuff? And, oh yeah, oh, that's which so one? Funny. Which Have one seen first? The house in Malibu, the Barbie house. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's awesome. They just painted this full size house. Imagine luminous neon pink. Right, <laughs> that's very cool. Enough talking about aqua. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you got any news? Uh, yeah, I've got. Well, I was. It's funny enough, the two bits of news that you said were the two bits I was going to do, but I have got one special bit of news. Uh, Alley Cat John has brought out a new pin. Nice. Um, and it is probably one of his best pins yet. Uh, Predator pin. What have oh, you got? Nice. Where you've got it? Hang on. Yeah. Shenanigans. Well, I, <laughs> I, well, I ordered it. So I've ordered one. Sent it to me. I've ordered mine. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's really good. It looks really cool. Um, yeah. So he's just released it. Predator pin. Um, it looks amazing. Go to his website. It's just alleycatgraphics.com. Um, glad to see him back with uh, such a strong pin. Um, I mean, looking forward to see what more he does. You can go to his website and order lots of other pins because this one he did a little nice little 30 run and they all sold out so <laughs> that was uh that was a nice little um quick sale from that one fucking good i bought mine obviously geordie paul you bought yours was it limited yeah must have been yeah because he only did 30 of them he did 30 of them. which ones yeah. did you get the jungle one or the city just, one i just got the uh, normal one yeah me too the, i got the gray kind of one not the brown i can't remember what i clicked on <laughs> I thought they both. Oh, if I knew good. that, I would have got both. <laughs> Very oh, cool. Damn it. Well, there's loads more other stuff on his website. Apologies, I didn't know it was limited. Oops. <laughs> Maybe he'll re-release it in different colours. So I, could, I have a bit of news. Uh, following on from the Fidel Alvarez Alien movie, we have talk of an Alien TV show. That's been mm-hmm. mooted for a long time, but. Noah Huxley, the guy that did the Fargo TV show, oh, okay. it's going to be set on Earth. Uh, no, not like, but... not like, not like Aliens versus Predator or something. No. <laughs> the interesting part is it's set about two decades before Ripley goes up. 
So oh. it's all about, it must be about the setup and maybe them finding a signal and setting a crew out there in some direction. I don't know. Um, there's no Ripley in it. It's <laughs> <She has> firmly <laughs> said, I'm not doing that. But you know, you know the movie Don't Worry Darling? Do you remember Violet in it? I think yes. she was the wife that kept seeing the. Yeah. She is going to be the lead in it, Sydney Chandler. Oh, nice. So, and there's no date on it starting yet. Oh, cool. Um, and just when we're doing, when I was talking about video games, God, once I started Zelda, I just opened up a whole other thing. You know the Friday the Thirteenth video game? That yes. is coming offline at the end of the year, which means they have no longer the license for it. So they're giving everybody that's ever bought it all the unlockables. <laughs> Oh wow! Max level up all the perks, everything. Um, <laughs> Can they do that if you buy it now? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. They only have until January to vlog it. Oh. Uh, and more about video games. I get stuck on it. Uh, Jason Bloom, you know the way they just finished Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. So they finished that, and he has been taking a look at how good Mario Brothers did, and he says, "Well, you know, there's obviously a, a one for it." And they have set their sights, well, him and James Wan, who says is a, a big gamer, didn't know that. They've set their sights on Dead by Daylight, you know, the survival horror one, the multiplayer. Yeah, because I, really I read, I don't know what, I, I didn't go down the rabbit hole, but I saw something about Aquaman 2 and Amber Heard, and then that he's just like, basically, it's, I think she's put some kind of thing in it, I'm not really sure, and he's just buggered off now and just doing, going on his video games. So I think she might have it might the project might have been on its ass, but I thought it might have been on its ass because of James Gunn. So I don't know. Mm. But in that, they've just released a new skin that you can play as as Nicolas Cage, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> so that means, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But Nicolas Cage in a survival horror? Are you telling me you wouldn't watch that? Yeah, you know, as long as he brings out the the that axe from Mandy, then I'm I'm cool. <laughs> How do you all feel about Mandy? I know Paul, you're not a massive fan. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't a massive. Fan. It's no. bonk. It's just batshit. It's. I, got, I think it's great. It's. It's, it's a guy with fighting with chainsaws. Yeah, That's it's, cool. it's unique. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> and one tiny bit. Now I know it's not exactly horror related, but I think it's very close to one of our hearts. Beggar Grove is getting a reboot. Fuck off. Oh, so, fuck it out. I actually had that written down on my notes. <laughs> Return of Biker Grove. <laughs> Roller coaster. So, I said I'm going to go oh. back. I'm going to star in it as Jeff. Well, you're going to have to lose a bit of weight first. <laughs> Whoa. Shots fired. Biker, Biker Grove. Yeah, I wonder how long that's going to fucking last. Aren't they bringing back Grange Hill as well? Probably. That yeah. resurfaces every now and then. You just know they're going to do like a guest spot as well, and a deck, aren't they? Oh, it's their production company. It's cool doing it anyway. I'm blind, Dick. I'm blind. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm reliving your stag day much with the paintball <laughs> jokes. Oh, wicked. Oh, cool, good. Oh, that's that's nice. Nice. Well, that that was the best bit of news anyway. We heard all, all night. That's good. <laughs> Shall we um, get on to our main review then? Can people come back? Come back from where? From where they go when they die. 
I had a sister. Her name was Alice. What was she like? She liked animals. She'd find wild rabbits and bring them home. She went missing when she was only seven. I'm seven. Okay, this episode's main review is Run Rabbit Run. It uh, jumped onto Netflix this month. Um, little synopsis, Sarah Snook plays a fertility doctor who believes firmly in life and death. But after noticing the strange behaviour of her young daughter, she must challenge her own values and confront a ghost from the past. So, uh, starring uh, the lovely Sarah Snook from um, Succession. Um, first thing I've probably seen her in. So, aside from that, what do we make of this one? Uh, let's start with the person who made us go and watch it, Geordie Paul. <laughs> Can we start with Colin? Because uh, Colin's got a, a, a young daughter with uh, dark curly hair, and I think he's very well suited to uh, answer <laughs> this one first. <laughs> All right. I, I find it to be a unique and very, very unsettling experience because... I had to go and keep checking. My kid wasn't actually in the movie, so I had to keep checking. And I go, "You're not, you're not on TV, are you?" <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was. I don't think a casual viewer would enjoy it as much as. Like I don't think it's going to be the nun. It's not for that audience, I don't think. But if you have kids, it does play differently in your head, or if. Um, because I have a very creepy kid that played very uniquely in mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> the mask thing, walking downstairs with a mask and asking to be called a different name, has happened in our house in the last three weeks. So, what? Uh, give you a bit of an insight there. Um, maybe it was good. It was a little bit light. It's seen all the comparisons to the Babadook. It's not really the same. It's not the same league, same same thoughts, I guess, but not carried out with the execution had or style. There was bits in it where we're definitely worth watching. Like I would say, if you've nothing else to watch, put it on. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I I there were bits of it I really really liked, um, but I just don't think I think like what Com said it lacked uh, a bit of on the execution, and I thought that it built up to something, and I just don't think the payoff was was great. Um, and obviously quite slow in places, and a couple of couple of sort of strings were were left out there, um, which I, I don't normally mind, but I, 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 I don't know. I thought it could have been sort of pulled together a bit more than it was. So yeah, a couple, Matt, couple of very questionable parenting decisions. <laughs> anyway, Matt. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I thought it had a strong start for me, and I was kind of like, oh, where's this, where's this going? It's um, this is interesting, but. It, as it got going a little bit more and more, it just like it just kind of just kind of stayed at a level for me and didn't really crescendo like at the end I thought it was going to be. Um, and there's a bit of back and back and to and back and fro kind of bits in it that I just I, I was like I just wanted them to kind of get on with the movie a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think it's worth a watch. I mean, it, it's it's not the fastest paced thing uh movie out there but it's definitely worth a watch yeah 
I sort of think with this one, the pace sort of added to it a little bit because it was quite slow. It was quite drawn out, but also the um, what the movie generally is about is about a woman who is uh, dealing with a, a, a loss, a, a, you know, a loss. She's got a heavy past. She's dealing with the loss of her father. And she sort of how does that grief play in with her daughter and sort of like how does she also play out with what what she potentially did and what she's kind of blocked from her past. And I guess like that angle of trauma never disappearing, um, along with the sort of dementia of her mum as well, is quite interestingly explored, I think, within the movie. Um, but yeah, her daughter was creepy and my daughter, you mean? <laughs> yeah, the daughter was very, very, very creepy. And it sort of did leave a lot to sort of like the audience's, um, it, it didn't treat you like a moron. You had to kind of like really figure some of the stuff out yourself. Um, yeah, it wasn't like the most exciting, but it was kind of, it did go take you down a journey. And I've seen a lot of like people, not a lot of love, but a lot of like interesting sort of comments about the movie and a lot of people are like diving in and watching it which is quite interesting and maybe that's on the back of the fact that you know Sarah is um, actually you know the success of succession and stuff like that seeing her ear and something and the it's, director the director choice is quite interesting because she's done a lot of tv it's on uh, the it's on the top like well it was on my top page anyway like as in the top 10 at some point it was how true that is I don't know it's just a, it's just really interesting seeing again dementia explored in a different in a different um, guise, because um, it is such a sort of not like a, a newish thing and a horrible disease that it's sort of nice to see these sort of movies that, like that are dealing with it. Like Anthony Hopkins in Father was like a great example, but this one was quite interestingly exploring like how she is kind of like all, also forgetting it, and it's like is it more of, is it a supernatural edge? Or is there just something that's like in completely in her psychosis and stuff? And I thought that they played around with that quite well. What, so on that, I was going to ask the question, what do you think? Because obviously it's quite ambiguous. It lets you decide what you want. So is it supernatural? Is it, or is it all in her head? Come on then. Right. Well, I, go on. Go on, Carl. I, I liked it. Remember the part where they're looking at the monument and there's a hole at the bottom and it really, really slowly and it creeps in, it creeps in, it creeps in and it's black. And then they go away and then you see a face in the corner. So that kind of suggests to me that that's happening, even though she's not observing it happening, which takes it out of the realms of natural, I guess. But again, yeah. it could be interpreted either way. Mm. I like to think it's just her guilt is driving her. That's that's what that. I mean. It's like when you meet her at the start of the, the movie, she seems, you know, uh, quite a regular kind of mum. And obviously then traumas happened in her life of losing her father that seems to bring back her trauma now as far as I I, I could make out I, in my head I thought it was kind of it was all her uh, like doing everything like hitting the kid creating these things in her head that's how I kind of saw it I, I think it, it was kind of trying to make you think that this was supernatural but i just i don't know i'm not really i'm still not sure with the ending i still don't know i think well, I'd be, so, 
I was just going to say just the ending. So, um, I mean, I'll skip forward a bit through. I don't know how much plot you want to sort of reveal with this one because it's probably one you want to watch, get people to watch. But yeah, the, the end. Did you notice the obviously? I mean, they go to <laughs> going back to her home, which I tell you what, you'd be. I, how could you live there with that fucking cliff in your back garden? <laughs> <laughs> just literally, like you wouldn't let the kids out. But um, just the whole thing where our ex-husband comes back. Did you just notice that at the end? Where he yeah. sort of rescue her, and then he's in bed. And he disappears. Well, he doesn't disappear. So when she gets up to find out where the daughter's gone, he's actually in bed, half clothed, but he's got a pillow over his head. You reckon? Did, did you miss? Did you miss that? Because I did. Yeah, I missed like, that. Yeah, and then you're thinking, well, has she done away with them? Because I was surprised, like that, when they go to find her. And then they find out that she's all beaten up and stuff like that. The, the dad would just, I was like, hang on. Then I was like thinking, hang on, why has the dad disappeared? Like, if that was, that, that, if that was her dad, he would have gone, you're gonna, not, going, not going nowhere near her. I'm taking her home. That's the only little plot hole that I was like, huh? Yeah. Maybe that's why. Well, Maybe I thought I that. And I, I actually rewound it because I thought I'd sort of nodded off or something. Right. And actually, when I did it, when I rewound it, He's he's in a bed. When she comes out to find out where she's gone at the end, he's I there. Totally missed that. But he's 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 lying in bed. He's sort of got a. I think he's got trousers on, but he's tops off, and his pillow's like he's like lying there with a pillow oh. on his head. So I was thinking, has she just actually done away with him, and in essence, done away with a daughter, although she's still sort of hallucinating the fact that. It's not her. It's us. It's the ghost of her dead sister. So that's what I'm saying. Is it supernatural? Or was it just all she's just bonkers? I actually think it's scarier if it is just her. Yeah. <laughs> if it's just yeah. her doing it, I think that's more terrifying. I think you're right. I think it is. I think it is scarier if it is just in her head. It's all reminded me a little bit of Taylor Two Sisters. You know that one we watched, Simon May just watch and stuff like that. There's definitely elements of that in there. I wrote down here for some reason. Would you punch a kid if they hit your kid? Was there a bit in yes. the movie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not physically, but mentally, I would. <laughs> well, they, they, well, you know, to be fair, I mean, she had a go at the kid, but they didn't even say anything to the kid. You know, nothing like that was wrong. You shouldn't do that. I was like, well, yeah, whatever. I think she was running her right. But okay. <laughs> did, like her ex-husband went, he is a little shit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I tell you what I did like a lot in this movie I could not get over the casting because the girl actually looked like the mum, I thought. I don't know about you guys. I thought the casting was fantastic. and um, I thought she looked just like her. And the little girl was good in, at acting. Sorry, Colm's um, daughter was really good at acting. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm not seeing any residuals from I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lily Latour, she hadn't done much. But yeah, she was definitely a good catch, I think um very very good uh young actress there to to sort of watch out for um other bits and stuff like there were some really really uneasy scenes in it again like a bit like uh, that speak no evil that we watched earlier uh, like late last year um that fucking bit with the scissors and stuff like that was like r- really really hard to watch because <laughs> you like because you know, you'd sort of see her mind's unraveling and you're like this is... but then but then did that happen like because at the end, when she's speaking to her and she's saying, oh, I'm sorry for everything I've done. And she goes, she actually asks her, what did you do to me? 
If you, you know, if you honestly, you know, I'm thinking, well, where's all the scratches and stuff from the scissors? And then she's like, oh, I'm a monster. She obviously reveals that the truth she's been hiding from everybody. And then she goes, I'm a monster. And then the kid agrees. But that's after the founder. And it's almost like, you know, is she, is she a monster because she's just done away with her dad? Like, or, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> Interesting. I think I definitely would prefer if it was like she she was doing it all rather than being the whole paranormal thing. That she was just like so that whole do uh, dual personality thing um, would be a lot more appealing to me and sort of rather than having the fact that she was haunt like the haunted by a past the fact that you know that the like an American haunting of it all you know there's you know there's a there's a ghost apparently in a in a in the cabin but it's not it's actually the dad that's touching the daughter and stuff like that it's those sorts of things where it's more scarier what that what is really happening I think. And then this one was definitely a, a definitely worked, I think. It was creepy. It was definitely creepy. And it was very bleak. Um, if not a little bit slow. <laughs> I think. But, you know, can't all be can't can't have an action packed horror every fucking week, can we? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um Calm, have you seen Speak No Evil? No. But oh, I you need to give, listen to you need to give that a watch. But then I didn't oh. listen to the end, just in case it was spoiled. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Watch there's, it. A, there's a remake uh, with James McAvoy that's being filmed at the moment because it was it was being filmed down the road from from me. Um, so I don't think it needs it though, does it? Really? No, it definitely Half of it's spoken English. Anyway. Remakes aren't about need, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, because they remade Tailgate as well. That fuck, that Dutch the Dutch horror. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really yeah, enjoyed that. That's a good one. But you know, if, if it gets a few more people go down. And if they change it slightly, like funny games, obviously they just did the same fucking thing. But like, I don't know. Like quarantine was poor. Um, but yeah. Save it for another podcast, mate. Movies that didn't really need to be remade. <laughs> but I'm Mart- really martyrs. The only thing with this one is I don't think there's too much to talk about. I think it's for, for you to go and explore and watch and and kind of make your own mind up. It's one of those sort of horrors. Makes me really? not want a pet rabbit ever again. Yeah. Or a kid. <laughs> yeah, the 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 rabbit mask was pretty creepy. I was thinking about making one of those, and when I turned on the Skype, I'd be just sat there in the bunny out uh, bunny mask. Make it. I'm glad. Calm's going to wheel his daughter in soon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, then. Okay. Let's end this conversation on this one. Um, For me, it's for me. I'll put it about a five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Middle of the road. Paul. I'm going to bizarrely once again agree with Butch. Oh, my God. What's happening to me? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, definitely. Middle of the road. I thought. It was good in places, but I just thought, yeah, I can't really give it more than just the average score. So, yeah, five five for me. Calm. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more. Maybe I sounded like I didn't. I've got to go a steady six. It had definite plus points. It's definitely worth a watch, but it's not going to change your life. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's it's a five. It's a middle of the road. Um, I just like, I don't know. I've seen 
better movies out there. I know we're talking about this movie. I shouldn't be comparing it, but I've seen other stuff that's done certain things better. However, it does the the stuff in it is is quite interesting. So, but yeah, five from me. Yeah, because it because it you know apart from the storyline and like maybe some of the pacing, it's just, it was really well shot and it was quite mm. the imagery and 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 the way it was done really Especially good. Especially really, the outback stuff, mm. very very impressive. Definitely. Yeah, that was yeah. We didn't even talk about that. That was crazy. That's some crazy uh, drone shots going in there. I think. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Right, it was drawing last breath five out of ten. Right. Um, moving on to episode one, three, four. We've got our movie in the bag, possibly. Um, I believe it'd be Insidious: The Red Door. Um, even though I haven't watched the fucking past number two, so. I mean, apparently it's ties it. I mean, I think if I, from memory, the first two are related to Patrick Wilson story. They go off, it goes off a little bit. And then I think this one comes around and sort of polishes it off from the oh. story. So I think we won't lose anything by watching the three, four and five or however many there were in the middle. I think you're definitely <laughs> not going to lose anything by just watching this 100 <laughs> percent. It'd be, it's you know, I think this one would be, you know, my hood up over my head again. The first, the first one was creepy. It had that sort of Stephen King edge, I think. There was some. It's just that everyone's got that little motif of the devil behind his shoulder, and I don't even remember that one being quite you know, as scary in the moment. That is no, very scary. I, That's a very scary image just to have. I'm not gonna name any names, obviously, but I used to work with a guy who looks exactly like that devil. So any time I see it, I actually laugh rather than be scared because he. And I'm honestly. He looks exactly like him. I was like, what the hell? Well, I mean, obviously not exactly. He's not black and got yellow eyes, but, you know, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> right then. Let's move on to our something to scream about. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Okay, so this week's Something to Scream About is a follow-on from last week, uh, and it is the next two episodes of Series 6 of Black Mirror. So obviously we're well impressed with the first two episodes, so uh, the next two, um, we'll see what we think. So the first one up is starring Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett, uh, Beyond the Sea. Beyond the Sea. No, Beyonce. So we're <laughs> beyond the sea. Yeah, it's got no crabs in or mermaids, but never mind. Like you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Can you see the mermaid? Can you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, this was this was probably the best out of the the best out of the lot by by a long shot. I think for me, um, this had some fucking trauma in it. It was it was really interestingly um, perfectly paced perfectly acted and the story was just fucking bonkers and i just wanted to i don't know what to do with josh hartnett fucking little finger in full <laughs> <laughs> oh my god guys this was just a, another level of i absolutely fucking loved this and i i was enthralled captivated and devastated all at the same time oh my god it took it took you through such a bloody roller coaster of emotion in like an hour it was unbelievable. 
Yeah. Ah, there you go. Brilliant. Biker Grove and Roller Coaster in the same podcast. Uh, we give the fans what they want, yes. <laughs> What's that fizzy stuff they drink as well? What is it Coca-Cola. called? Coca-Cola. <laughs> anyway, um, I, feel, I feel victimised. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it, it took me on a wild ride of emotions, shall we say. Yes, there you go. But wow, oh my God, unbelievable. Matt? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, you guys have said it all now, but I thought, yeah, yeah, Aaron Paul, f- fucking hell, man. He pulled out the bag. I mean, yeah, I love Breaking Bad, but he's properly, like, gone for it in this. And I reckon he's going to get jumped back in the limelight for more roles, I think, because he's been a bit kind of dormant for a bit, isn't he, after, what's that, need for speed? <laughs> but, um, yeah, we won't mention that. But, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I did think it was going to go a different way, though, because obviously you've got these two guys uh, that are doing some sort of mission, um, I would imagine that it's really important, yeah, to save the Earth, I would imagine-ish, or it's obviously something really important because they're both up there. But then, obviously, down on Earth, they've got their replicas. Um, the question is, do they have penises or not? I'm going to go with no penis. No, I don't <laughs> think they have. Um, I, yeah, I I, I'm going to go with penis. I think <laughs> you just you, set them up, though. Yeah. <laughs> you just I've definitely got on the same page for the show. <laughs> no, well, because the, the way I, I think that was part of the whole like thing where he he'd become distant. But I, I'm sure he did say it. he feels a bit weird doing it in another body, even though it is his his body. He did say that, didn't he? Where she started like trying to hug him or said something, and he's like, "Oh, I just feel weird." Like with the mm-hmm. intimacy thing, because it's not actually him. Okay. Um, so yeah, but the oh, yeah, just, it was just the Josh Hartnett finger blasting his wife to the record player. I don't know. I was just that's, that's all I was thinking about. Well, then they were, were going to get down and dirty, but then he got called to do the mission, didn't he? So oh, okay, I mean, maybe. Yeah, calm. Obviously, calm. This is your first <laughs> real venture into Black Mirror. So what did you think? <laughs> now we're talking about finger blasting. <laughs> <laughs> that was alright, wasn't it? <laughs> Is every episode of this like this? But I did watch the next one, so the answer is no. Yeah. Uh, it, it was really, really, very good. Uh, like you were saying, Matt, Aaron Paul was really very impressive. I don't. I think in Breaking Bad, he played the part, and he didn't get to perhaps expand as much as he wanted. But this, there's a scene. The one thing that was where she's driving up, and you can tell who it is in the body by how he's walking down to the car. That's very impressive and difficult to do. Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. Mannerisms and stuff like that. Mm. Really clever. But i got to give my hats off to Josh Hartnett as well, because he played a, a very interesting character who's going through a lot of grief. And he's, he's and the ending just punched me in the face. Um, but, yeah, he's... Um, he got my vote. Out the, two, out the, the two were great together. I think well, it was just very I mean, good. Let's not forget Kieran Colgan. Yeah. It was him, wasn't it? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> fake Charlie Manson. Yeah, like the Manson family just rocking up. I thought it was him. And it was just him. Because you were thinking, oh my God. And obviously they like mutilate him and it's like weird to see. And, and you're like, this isn't going to go as dark. It's not going to go this dark, is it? It's not going to. And then, oh my God. Yeah. And just. That feeling of like complete and utter helplessness at what's mm-hmm. about to happen. 
you cannot yeah. do a thing about it and you you can't like, can you not can you not call the fucking you know what about what about the company he's working for can't he not call them and i thought he's not that... got any fingers to dial with <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's in the 60s remember he's got one of them phones. But you think you think they would be a little bit more protected, though, I suppose. Like they might have some sort of kind of surveillance, but well, they're just the, like walking around going to the cinema and shit. And everybody knows who they are. But that's the thing, man. I think that's so because also obviously it's set in like the an alternative 60s. It's not like in present. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so times were safer, I suppose. Yeah. And then remember, like the fact that they're getting hero worshipped at the cinema. Well, he is anyway. Aaron Paul's sort of done the right thing of retreating away from the limelight. Whereas Josh Hartnett's character is like embracing it, and he's like, "Yeah, check me out," you know. I'm like, "This is amazing, and this is cool." So again, I think it's like they're being celebrated as these men who've gone on this mission, and it's the, the like the sacrifice they've made type of thing. So I don't think there's this the need protecting because everyone's just going to love them for who they are and what they're doing, apart from these crazy people. Um, but oh my god, yeah, and then obviously it just descends into that like, just what's he going to do up there? And the, the thing is, you don't know what he's doing. Like, Aaron Paul doesn't know what Josh Hartnett's doing on the spaceship when he's down. So he, he almost gets nervous about what he's doing. So he has to go back up. And then, obviously, as an act of kindness, swaps bodies with him. And then, obviously, then has to sit there and go, what are you doing? Like, oh, my God. It's... And True. The end, yeah, they, needed that, they needed an extra scene where he was like, look, I'm going to let you go down there, but just don't fuck my wife, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll leave the um, don't let Josh Hartnett down there with your wife, mate. That's ridiculous. Of course, he's gonna. Well, it's not him, I suppose. So, but... yeah, but it walks <laughs> like him. Yeah, he walks like him. Yeah, I thought Kate Mara was really good at it. Like him. Yeah. yeah, she looked ill though. I don't know, she just didn't look good. She looked like she's not very well. I don't know why. I just thought that when I saw her. Just maybe because the last time I saw her was what? Fantastic Four. <laughs> well, that, that, that'll do it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, not a bad little start. Good mix of technology. The whole sort of like um, alternative bodies again and then sw- switching it on and off between being on Earth and being on, giving them a bit of time away from the um, the space exploration. I don't know. It's just But then having a real a real level of horror like a real level that was just like traumatic what he went through and like being up there and isolated and not being able to go back i mean they're not good they're up there for a long long time it was like eight years was it as mentioned like i can't remember how long that's that like five years left in there or something <sighs> after his wife died and then like you've got to put your there's only two of you up there if only you fucking like go bananas what the fuck are you gonna do you can't you can't oh my god it's just it's a weird old movie um well episode yeah really good really really good very clever yeah, right then loved it. big recommendation and then then we move on to the next one which i'm very interested to see what you guys think of this one because i didn't get where it was going at all and i thought oh my god the lads are gonna fucking love this by the end of it so uh it is called Maisie daisy Maisie. Maisie. Maisie, Maisie, Daisy? Maisie Lane. Maisie Lane. Okay. <laughs> um, so basically, this one deals with um, 
celebrity or the uh, uh, one of the famous most famous actors in the world or really overcoming celebrity and uh, the paparazzi sort of element of chasing and uh, basically uh Maisie the actress she get she takes some mushrooms on set in the Czech Republic and uh goes a bit mental and decides well she get the munchies and she goes out for a late night drive and um yeah something bad happens and then she retreats from all public life and then obviously it follows uh, the the paparazzi's attempt to try and get photos of her and to try and find and they investigate where she's gone um, and it sort of goes from there so lads what do you reckon i mean spoilers on this one it's you know this is werewolves and paparazzi um, <laughs> and you'll never you'll never see it coming um yeah i didn't know like i said I, the whole thing i thought it was like a all centered around the people taking the photos and like their despicableness and their attention to things you you know i i don't know if everyone does but i hate on the paparazzi i'm not really a fan um not that they're around my house or anything so but just uh, <laughs> yeah just... you can't go out can you paul <laughs> <laughs> not very i just don't like the old intrusiveness so it was quite interesting looking at that sort of angle and i was like okay so what could possibly be at the end of this when they find her um is it going to be a case of them you know are they gonna kill her or are they gonna is it going to end sadness like princess die or something horrible going to happen with the the where was the technic the technology element of it i suppose um and yeah and there wasn't i don't know about the technology element wasn't really here for this episode it was very i didn't see it i didn't like they were going to some kind of clinic and you're like what the fuck is this all about yeah matt did you see this one coming uh no i didn't um however i think it all came too late for me like they, they focused around the paparazzi i thought zazie beats like i really like her i think she's a great actor and i think she's a little bit kind of misused in it misused in it if i'm honest i mean it was interesting where it was going but then towards the end i was just like ah oh, i want a bit more of that and it's kind of like it's savage but and it was good but i would have liked a little bit more of it I did enjoy it, not as much as the other one, but I mean, the other one might have set the bar very, very, very high. Um, the technology thing, I thought that was a running theme throughout the whole show. But if they're going to put in extra horror parts, yeah, I'm happy enough. Um, the special effects were really good. Very, very reminiscent of uh, American Werewolf. Yeah. Which uh, even the, the transformation scene, the way they say that it was shot on everything. Um, and the part at the end, the very, very end, whenever you think that Sassy Beats is slightly a better person than the rest of them, she's trying to do good. And then at the very end, when she reaches, can we say what's happening? <laughs> when she reaches the gun and you're going, okay, she's doing something really good. She's letting her take matters into her own hands, but she's not, she's reaching it so she can hold the camera in front of her and take the exact moment that she, you just go. That was good, yeah. Maybe it just brings you to that point, that job. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of wanted the last, the last like eight minutes or so was the best thing about the whole, the whole, the whole episode. I think. Yeah, very much. Mm. But I, th- I, th- do you know what? I actually really liked the whole. I actually liked the fact that it was only eight minutes, guys. 
Because I didn't, I literally didn't see it come. When, it, when she went to the clinic, I thought, here we go, she's been kidnapped and they're going to be doing stuff to her and it's going to be a bit, of a, bit more of a, like a, a sex dungeon or something. Do you know what I mean? I thought that was where it was going to go down. People yeah, smugglers or something. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, instead, I got werewolves, which were who. But, um, and then I was, when, she, when they went in there and they were like, oh, get out. And I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, is she some sort of vampire now? And I was like, oh, and then the whole reveal. Because it just didn't, point anywhere to horror whatsoever and then all no. of a sudden it was like bang, 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 bang. and i know what you're saying you would have loved you'd probably like to see the sequel to it where loads of more werewolves come out and but yeah i don't, I don't know for me i thought it was quite genius the way it just subverted any expectation that there's going to be any real horror in it the final shot was amazing i didn't guess that that was going to be the thing until they got to the hut that, that, that other than that i did not have a clue yeah but can I? Did I miss something? Did it tee up anywhere that we were going to be talking about werewolves or saying werewolves? No, that I saw. Well, is that not a bit? I think like a a weak get out. Just oh, we're going to make real interest. We're sticking a werewolf at the end, with no lead up to it and no inclination and no nothing to lead you to that point of conclusion. Yeah, it's a weird one. There is the from what I could. I'd have to watch it again and see if there's any like hints. But I didn't really see anything that was like a, as a drop or a hint. Uh, maybe it's a, if there was a conversation on a phone, I, I don't know. Or Perhaps maybe. on rewatch. The the only I don't the think only, there was the only thing that, that that I thought about was obviously when she stays at that that retreat where she's staying. It when the guy comes back, it's obviously trashed, like everything's smashed, like she's had a massive rage fit, and that's the only thing that like, I thought back and was ah, that was why that was all smashed up because she obviously changed when she was in there. And oh. smash the place up. That's the only reference. It's not really a reference, but it was a. But that's a, a little bit of foreshadowing that I didn't see yeah. any. Of. Oh, yeah, okay. That's the only thing I can see. Okay. But maybe, yeah, maybe if you do go back, maybe there's some kind of like uh, little hidden yeah. Easter eggs or something. You just assume that she's like grieving because she's killed somebody, like. Yeah, yeah. And that's there's no point. Like I said, uh, but I thought that was quite clever because I was thinking, is she. Uh, is it like the family have tracked her down and it's like a revenge thing in this like like i said in this camp where they, they you know a bit like sort of infinity pool you know what i mean that type of thing where is she having to pay for it and then yeah i just was like fucking hell where did the werewolves come from um <laughs> but yeah no i actually really enjoyed it guys to be fair i did cool cool and and i've seen a ton of shit on uh i've seen loads of stuff about how this is in very black mirror and all this type of bollocks it's, yeah i didn't really fact, get that by not being Black Mirror, it's actually Black Mirror, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So, yeah, yeah, let's subvert all expectations of this series. That's pretty much Black Mirror. <laughs> the only yeah. thing I've had, um, and I think it's because it's hot right now, is a lot of people comment that these are the most horror-y versions of Black Mirror there is. Like most of the ones in this season are based around horror. It's yeah. like three out of five or something. So four or five. Yeah, like under the um, beneath the sea. What was it called? Beyond the sea. Beyond the sea. It's probably the more the most the black mirror out. Yeah. Most black mirror out of all of them. I would say. Um, okay, cool. Let's um, wrap that up and then move on to our move from the vault. I could a tale unfold whose lightest word would harrow up thy soul, freeze thy young blood. <laughs>
to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know of him. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already told... In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you? That can stand by and see your own child slaughtered. You are the fool, Mr. Harvey. You are liars. You are despicable little liars. This week's movie from the vault was picked by myself and I can't believe it's been pretty much 50 years since this movie's come out. We are going to be delving deep into The Wicker Man from 1973. A small synopsis on this. Uh, a police sergeant arrives in, Scotti- in a Scottish island village in search of a missing girl who the pagan locals claim never existed. So. Yeah, this film is has a special place in my heart for definite. I've seen it so many times and I absolutely love this film. Do we want to do we want to start of right at the start of the film, or do you want to get your little? I mean, okay, uh, feelings oh. on it from the start. Don't yeah. give away too much, Butch. Okay. I went into this movie expecting to hate it. I've seen it before okay. and I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was garbage. Um, wow. I know. I definitely, I definitely remember going, Oh God, that's, it's not, you know, me. it's not, this ain't my cup of tea. Ain't my, it's, it's, it's set in that weird era. It's probably too British and it's just, Oh God, a lot of weird it's people, Scottish. a lot of weird people singing. But I, I, I sat down and watched this with my partner, and I, I've got to say, I, I step step into this again. Uh, now I've watched it. I don't know if there's a different. I got different eyes, different attitudes. I changed, but I absolutely thought it was the most weirdest thing I've ever I've ever seen. Hang on, let but, me just go about it. You didn't watch the Nicolas Cage one, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I, just thought it, I thought it was just some really sort of weird carry on movie. Okay, calm. Well, I'm offended on a lot of levels, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. He's lucky um, I'm going around his house right now and punching him in the throat. I'm trying to track down his AP on this. Um, <laughs> I just I just think it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. There's not too many movies that actually make you feel and experience something. That's what I was talking about earlier on, that you are actually, you're not in the movie, but you get to have a reflection back to you of the emotion that's been experienced. And the record man is 
I'll never forget the first time I saw the record, man. Jordy Paul? Yeah. Is this the first time you've seen this? Or you've seen this? No, I've seen this before, but I don't think I've seen it all the way through. I think I've seen it on like multiple bits of it over multiple times of the year because I couldn't really piece it all together. Um, Can I ask you what bits they were by any chance? Well, you know what bits. The, the, the boobies and the bum. <laughs> the, the bum slap and dance. <laughs> it's a sound effect for the pod there. Um, no, I, to be honest, I like forgot. I forgot lots of it. I mean, Jesus, it was yeah, it's, it's a while ago. But oh my god, I think to be fair, what Bush was saying, like you, you say to a different sort of set of eyes as you get older. And um, I was, I was looking at. And there's a lot. There's a couple of films now I've watched on the pod where it's that similar feeling of yeah, it actually transports me to, to like here and now on its influences. And you can see its influences on a ton of films, like yeah. a load of them. And um, so, to be fair, it's respected in that. And I, do you know what? I, I find myself laughing in a lot of places. It's it, genuinely it, funny. It's yeah, really Ed, quite Edward Woodward's like reaction to a lot of stuff yeah. was hilarious. I was literally like, but a lot of it, I was going, I didn't do exactly the same. <laughs> like, and the, the fact he's like, you're all bloody loonies. <laughs> That's a great line, and it delivers really, really well. Is there anything yeah. we can help you with, Sergeant? No, you're all bloody mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, yeah, but I, definitely through sort of that, and the whole like, as soon as he gets on the island, they're all against him. You know, they're all against him, but you're just let, trying to let, figure out why. Let's just dive into this. So, you've got Sergeant Harry that that is is literally uh, flying a seaplane into i don't know it, it must be his own seaplane because he's all on his own sergeant so he's he's quite ranked highly i suppose a sergeant is that high you know i don't know so anyway <laughs> so he lands his it's plane high enough now, to go on your own plane <laughs> but straight from the get-go as he lands that plane it's like straight away you're like uh he's landed in asshole land because literally no 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 hello nothing just Staring at him. Get off my land. Yeah. Do, do you want to bring the dinghy out then, you fucking idiots? Like, do you know what I mean? But right also, away. also, his arrogance is a fucking issue. Yeah. You know that <laughs> is a big fucking like his. He he walks around like he fucking owns the island, and I, I you know I that's why I, I sort of like work trying trying to work out in my head who the fuck I sided with. Really, I, I'm I'm fully on his <laughs> side. Straight when he when he was stepping onto that island, I was like. Nah. He needs to. He needs to fucking knock some heads together. He needs to find the answers. I'm taking any prisoners. I was like, I, I was the land, the landlord, if anything. I was like, yeah, you were. Yeah, we're talking. Of course about you him, were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just can I ask a quick question? So everybody, the version you saw opened with how he flying into the island. I did. Yeah. The director's cut. I haven't. So I haven't got that. There's three different ones. And I have heard. But the theatrical one, that's the one that's on streaming on Shutter at the moment. That's the one. That, yeah. that opens with how he flying in. The director's cut and the final cut start away from the island. So it's I a bet, slightly different introduction. Yeah, the, aren't they like he's sat in a um, police car or something and they're on the chat? So there's the final cut has them in church and how he's given a sir, given a doing one of the readings and it's all about sacrifice and it's all about the blood of the lamb and all this. that makes a lot of sense we bit on the nose but it kind yeah. of tees him up as 
a Christian Copper and you see his fiance there, and that puts a wee bit of a different spin on it. Now, the thing that takes you away from it, it kind of grounds it in 1973. Whereas whenever you see him flying in, in this tiny self-contained island, it could be any time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, true. But that's so what you got to remember. This guy is is proper Christian, and he's like stiff upper lip. He's a sergeant. He ain't got to where he is by being a nice guy, shall we say? He's he's very traditional. Bastard coppers. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I mean, to be fair, Carl will probably back me up on this one, right? For the first twenty minutes, where he's walking around the island, everyone's staring at him, and he goes into the pub, and everyone shuts up. It's like. <laughs> It's like some places where we live. I wrote very, that down. I wrote that down on my notes. I was going to say, Jory Paul, is this you when you walk into a pub in Ireland? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you open your mouth. Just I'll no Brit Eklund. Have a cork. There's just no Brit Eklund there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so yeah, the pub landlord. Let's get in the pub because um, every local seems to be in the pub. Looks like a good fun time in there, actually. If I'm honest. Yeah, if you if you call whore and your own daughter out and sing songs about it, it's come a good on, time. it's definitely not his daughter. You not yeah, get the I, gay I vibes. Well. You not get the gay vibes off the um the landlord guy. I got I got plenty of vibes. None of them were concerned father. <laughs> so uh, Lindsay Kemp, the guy that was the barman, was a a, a dancer, like a big time dancer in mime, and. He taught David Bowie. Remember David Bowie did the... He, he kind of emoted a lot with just his movement and stuff. That was from Lindsay Kemp and they became... They, actually oh, really? had, they lived together for years. They were good mates. Oh, I um, know. Yeah, but he was really, really firm of on Bowie's career and Kate Bush. So you can kind of see it. He's the opposite of what you would expect a landlord to be. He's not this big, barrel-chested, roaring kind of guy. Sure. He's quite wiry, quite... Quite effeminate and very far removed from the rest of them. Yeah. Mm. His daughter, on the other hand, is a total whore. Hey, there's a song stop. about her. Let's stop this, shall we? Because you know, if you're a pagan like me, and you like, you love, you love. <laughs> shagging on the front lawn. <laughs> I've just converted since I've watched the movie. <laughs> the literature was good for you, was it? <laughs> You know, if uh, Brit, is it Brit Eklund, the one who's doing the weird dance? Yeah. Well, that's controversial as well. That dance is controversial, is it? Wow. Is she too young to do the dance, then, is she? Or... I don't no, think so. the 70s, man. It's full nudity, like. Apparently, at the time, she was pregnant. and She didn't want any nude, like, from the, the waist down. Didn't want any of that shots. So they got another actor to shoot all those pieces where the wiggle in the arse and all that shit they disappeared on one of the strip joints allegedly and robert hardy went oh you'll you'll do and they came they did. without brett eggman's knowledge she disappeared down to london to see her doctor about the pregnancy thing that's right and hardy shot after promising he wouldn't so it was a wee bit of bastardly behavior to be honest i think only till literally the last couple of months because uh, somebody's probably come along with a bit more of that mm. As she actually come to to, the to terms a bit more, yeah. yeah, like appreciates it more, I think, and now. But I think watching this as well, I got a bit more respect. Well, I loved it anyway, but but with with men, like the the whole green man thing, 
um watching That's this and like the whole pagan sort of ness of it all i think i felt maybe quite isolated watching men and then not really understanding the sort of pe- the paganness of it and the links and all that sort of stuff whereas watching this it's like so you learn actually quite a lot about all the sort of like history of it which is really quite interesting i think it's one of the reasons why i like the movie so much because it does explore quite a lot of like the religious side of it i don't know about you guys but i actually did maypole dancing at school when i was a kid oh, we all <laughs> what? yeah yeah did you not do it did you guys yeah. not do it or was it just yeah. me oh yeah uh, you can see, see a ton of uh, northeastern kids dancing around the maple mate yeah well but far worse things you guys do up there yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i did i did that i remember doing that at school uh, infants not juniors that's yeah. worse <laughs> you didn't sing a song did you yeah well yeah we had a proper song we had to sing and like you had to cross and weave and all that shit with a proper pole and that wow okay. weird. i mean i'm I, 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 I that from... there was the branch and on the branch there was the nest and on the nest there was an egg <laughs> wow. I'll, I'll defend you matt i was i was also uh, did around the maypole in in the curriculum yeah curriculum right <laughs> i did um, like the bit in the, the classroom though when he walks in and she's like what does the maple what does the tree represent and everyone's like no, no, no. it's a penis <laughs> i thought that was one of the best scenes of the movie that whole fucking um teaching bit and watching him like get completely um outflanked by everyone and just like completely like trying to impose his uh, you know and you and you do you kind of see it you kind of it really fucking got my go it's like fuck you this isn't your island you can't impose your fucking christian rays on the whole what are you gonna do get a bloody sword hey, and start he's, stamping he's, across hey, the land? he's not trying to put his christian ways he does he does argue the fact that why is there none of this taught but let's get down to the real issue he's trying to find this this girl and that's what he's been sent to do yeah let's remember that so do you know when you have like do you know when i know when i can i feel he's annoyance at them because do you know and I, I know through parenting right so when you look at your child and you're trying to tell them off or you're trying to get information out of them and all they do is stare at you and smile and it really annoys you that's all they did he was asking them like right where's this missing girl and they were just smiling at him like i'm not gonna tell you we- uh well, there's a chair in the middle <laughs> she probably yeah. sat there i mean it's obvious and like oh she's on the register yeah. oh that that one then, <laughs> like, oh yeah okay yeah oh she's dead what, what do you mean she's dead? How did she die? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, and but it is just little little pieces of information, like which sort of is onto the next sort of little uh, enough clue to keep him interested to go down he another left, path. But he left the evidence. Like he's a shit, really a shit copper, really, because he's <laughs> like the the register with her name on it. He left that. Like, I did oh. think that. I think he should have took that for evidence. Just when you're talking about the clues and stuff, it is, the whole thing is set up like a, a very specific mystery for him to unwrap, to bring a very specific person to the island, which we find out later on. But the screenwriter, Anthony Schaefer, wrote, have you ever seen the movie Sleuth? It's like no. a, oh, it's, it's, it's a builder. <laughs> uh, Michael Caine and Laurence Olivier. It's a mystery movie where it's just those two people. They come to the house and a mystery unravels. And he wrote a lot of uh, telly plays for... Agatha Christie's so he is a mystery writer and he very much set up as a mystery for you and for Howie which is why I think you can sympathize with Howie at the start 
but then as he begins to exert his force, like you're saying, which every single opportunity he gets, he goes, I'm police. You know, I'm police. This is, you have to listen to me. Get me that dinghy. You know, he doesn't interact at all with them. Mm. He just forces himself on them. He's, he's, he's not a Bergerac, is he? <laughs> he's no Bergerac, no. He's not, he's not a, a, an Inspector Morse. He's like, go go hard. He's more of a like Sweeney type guy, any old school. I suspect murder. <laughs> murder. So then, right, he has his mystery unravels. He goes to meet Lord of the Island. Christopher Lee. Mr. Christopher Lee. Just, just before we get to that bit, I just want to go on to the, the bit after the school where he goes into the graveyard, when it, <sighs> that really pisses him off. And I think that's what really grinds his gears is when he sees all the fucking, like, the church shit just dumped outside the church. Like, they've gone... Yep, fucking don't need that shit. Don't need that shit. <laughs> and then there's a, a woman just literally holding an egg, like breastfeeding her child. Oh, like, there's a lot. There's lots of other weird shit, like in there. Like there's. Oh, and he made that people, cross. He makes a cross. Yeah, he, he, arrogant twat. But he's like, there's like sex in the night. Then he go out at night, and they're all having a good old orgy and stuff like that. Um, I thought the frog bit was great with a sore throat. I thought. Oh I was god. Oh, I remember my granny saying that exact same thing. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Like, why not? I got some frogs in the garden. But yeah, I lived, I just love the fact of this discussion with the the guy who was in the tent to the graveyard, minding his own business. Is where's your priest? <laughs> the worst creepiest grave digger. Yeah. He's like a Scooby. He was like a Scooby Doo villain. Him. Yeah. What's that? What's that on there? So it's a bit of skin. Have you never seen a bit of skin hanging on a tree? What? <laughs> But did you see the grave had a tree on it? A rowan tree? Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, Hi, it's Rowan's grave. Just yeah, that's yeah. she's in there. Everyone else everyone else has been lying. Weren't you at the when you were at the where I got the ding in? Didn't you say you didn't know? I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Probably my twin or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> but each each thing is designed to put him on edge, so he has to go further and has to unravel it. They're just oh. trying to get it to go. He can't go home. Mm. But yeah, Chris Lee is fucking tall. That's what I wrote. Couldn't believe how <laughs> tall he was. And do you know what though? I think he does such a, a great sort of job. Obviously, at the start, he's obviously really like welcoming him, but almost like through that dialogue, it's such a well-written scene that you make him the copper. Like you, what you were saying, Paul, about the arrogance. It's the first time I really probably noticed it. Is that he's try- he's basically saying that they're all wrong for what they believe in. But has got nothing substantial to back it up with. So he's like, "Why? How? How won't you believe in this instead of this?" And like Christopher Lee's just basically like, "What? And that's any different? How? What's your reasoning behind that?" Well, he, he actually says that you know whenever he's talking about how his Christian beliefs, and he's talking about Jesus, he goes, "Hmm, himself, the son of a virgin, impregnated by a ghost, I believe." <laughs> yeah, it's just brilliant. And do you know what? Do you know what I really reminded us of Christopher Lee in uh, the man with the golden gun. Well, they would have been quite close together, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, it just—it was like it was—it was—it was weird. I was just watching, going, and especially when they went outside and he was explaining the whole like uh, reason that they're on the island and his family heritage and all this type of stuff. I just was like, oh, you've you've turned into Scaramanga all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, no. But I thought he was brilliant because you knew you, you were like, look, Christopher Lee turns up. There's some shit gonna go down somewhere. But it was just he was so jolly and so nice. You were almost like charming. Well, yeah, just and it just completely unnerved this guy because I think that obviously uh, 
how he's trying to find anything, he, any clue he can, but nobody has given him anything. And he just makes himself look like a complete tit, really, by trying to extol the virtues of Christianity to this bloke who doesn't want to know anything about it. Um, but yeah, it's it was great. Yeah. So the part where Howie and Summer Island meet, it switches this really, really nice two shot and it has Summer Island on the left and then Howie on the right. And it just shows them being so different. Like you were saying, Christopher Lee's so tall, Edward Woodward's medium height. Uh, they talk differently, they think differently, they look differently. Uh, it just highlights the differences between them. And at that stage, they begin to talk about their difference in values as well. Mm. And then he, and then he knocks out punch and gets in the punch <laughs> I did I yeah, did the bartender the pool bartender I did I, did, I watched this with my partner Sophia and, and there was definitely one thing that she did mention she constantly through this movie and she goes why is this a horror again <laughs> and I was defending it going well it's creepy isn't it it's weird and it's just absurd and it's a, a different kind of horror. You know, the absurd side, you know, and he kept on thinking about Sallow as I was watching this as well. Thinking, <laughs> Fuck, this is like, you love that. Fucking just, it was, it was just, it was just weird. It's, I don't know. It's like out and out horror. It's a different kind of, different kind of genre. Obviously that cult, um, cl- cultness of it all. It's a and cult, got, it's a yes, cult horror. Cult horror. But it is, but there's, it is just absurd. It is, it, it, you could say horror adjacent more than horror. Um, but I know it's classically in that horror. It's the it is a deemed as a classic horror, and yet it's such mo- more of like a carry on fucking movie of that time. It's so weird. Uh, I did. I did. I got. I got I, that. I disagree with this. I want to carry on. Is it the horror Sorry. in the the horrors in the whole like the lengths people will go to if they believe in something and can be pre-programmed to yeah, believe yeah. anything? I did think Sid James might pop up though. That's anything. <laughs> But every single aspect of normal life throughout the whole movie is made unsettling. Every single thing that he does, every single person, it's designed, it unsettles you the whole way through. Yeah, I got that. Even the chemist with the, the boiled puppies in the tank and the foreskins uh, on the counter. Yeah. foreskins? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do that yeah. boots, would you call? <laughs> yeah. I, did, I, did like the, um, I did like the sweet shop, though. That was cool. She had some cool sweets in there, like skulls and... Like all that stuff. I thought it was really cool. Can you imagine? Chocolate. Could I have a, a crunchy and a, a chump, please? No, but could I interest you in a wee marzipan dildo or a frog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the phallic symbols are obviously very much like embedded throughout this whole movie. You know, if you look for a penis, you're going to find one. In some, in <laughs> Another some good quote. <laughs> there you go. So. But yeah, and it obviously all leads up to the like the revelation that he's just been played the whole way through it, and uh, they've just been sort of making sure he's the one that is the right person to sacrifice. And then actually, when it's all revealed and he realizes he's he's obviously not getting off the island, he kind of well for me anyway, even though he's still preaching, what he's actually preaching is making complete sense now, in the fact. But it's just past the point of. No return I for them. Know. I wish he'd have just shut up when he was in that bloody fire thing. It really annoyed me all the stuff rhetoric that he was coming out with. I like um, the um, I like <laughs> the bit where he infiltrates. Obviously, he he gets the full outfit out, which like all these like masks and outfits are fucking creepy as fuck. Apart from Christopher Lee's is a little bit 
Mm, you could have tried a little bit harder with that outfit, mate. It's like Noel Fielding in the Mighty Boosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys look. I did like, I love, I love the sword bit. The sword bit just that was really ju- really good yeah just 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 before it, it's getting into the we're getting into the real crux of it now and it's just like really unnerving because she's like they're literally going to chop his fucking head off. they're going to chop someone's head off the first time i watched it i was like it's, it's gonna get it he's gonna get it he's gonna get it and, and i just yeah i love, love that bit and the one that you watched did was there a library scene in it i don't think there was in the theatrical cut yeah, they were, he went into the library. Yeah? So, yeah, definitely. Well, whenever he's going through and reading about it, there's an actual part in it that says that they make a star and decapitate people. Yeah. And yeah. that really, really... whenever So whenever you see that happening, you're going, it's going to happen now, it's going to happen now, it's going to happen now. And then, of course, it's a big trick. Yeah. I do like the way Christopher Lee, like, goes, he says, go on, you need to do it. Remember, mm. it's a game of chance. Yeah. And he obviously knows who it is underneath the mask but he's just making him do it anyway just to like put the shits up him um yeah no it was very good but very how good. old how old is this uh edward woodward you know this sergeant you know is he in his 30s we're saying or his 40s i would have said 40s but i'm he, assuming he's probably a 40 year old playing a 30 year old <laughs> yeah cause that that didn't play with me because i'm like when he, he's a virgin you know that, that didn't play I, with me He's a Christian man. Paul, like he's a good Christian man. Remember, there was plenty of people would take celibacy till marriage if you if you believe hard enough. I mean, he really <laughs> want he really he really wanted to fuck Rick Eklund in that that scene. He was up against the wall. He was sweating, like literally. He did a lot to not be, you know, do it. But they give him a test. He passed yeah. their test. Yeah. To yeah. Make him more yeah. worthy. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> and then, right, so we get to the end, and obviously, The Wicker Man, which is such an iconic sort of piece of cinema, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. Poor it bastard. Is, that's what I thought about watching it this time, is that it is the whole thing is just such a icon of like cinematography and like how things are, how things should be shot and, and storytelling and unfolding. It's a, it is a really classic sort of story of way of like telling the story and like almost like unraveling a mystery it is so cleverly done um and it has been copied time and time again and you can see that and i think that's what i appreciated more uh, this time watching it it's just it was such a awesome movie experience like just watching it but i i, I, I stand by what i watched well, the first time i watched it didn't get it garbage so that, that's that's my first impression so and i was really not looking forward to watching it again so i, I was completely turned around mm-hmm. I'm, maybe I mean, i'm mat- maybe i matured definitely that, not. <laughs> that last scene though is just like first of all watching it back again i was like you don't give up give much of a fight i mean i know that big bloke's good but when he's just like you know drags him in on a little bit of rope puts him in there but i mean you know but it, it is harrowing when you think, because like you know, he's not going to get off the island. There's no way, nothing's going to happen. He is not going to get out of this. He is done. He's shed. He's sh- it's completely shed, though, isn't he? I think that's what I got from it. He's just everything is just like he's defeated, and he hasn't even got any strength and left. I mean, he's hardly eaten over the time he's been there anyway. I just feel like he's just got nothing in him to fight. Definitely didn't have any apples. 
<laughs> Tur- really? Turquoise, turquoise beans. Yeah. But it isn't it the fact that he's just defeated and but his his faith I think he's so stubborn in his faith that he believes that regardless of what happens and what these people do to him, he's going to be protected from whatever he believes in anyway. Because even like he's so defiant in the end, you know, even though he's completely making sense and you think, well, you, you might have wanted to try and do this from the start of getting on the island because you might have got some people on board. Uh, but I don't know, when he's sitting in the man, even then he's, he's quoting scripture, he's quoting Bible verse. Like it's that thing of I'm going to be all right or there's, there's a part of me which I can't allow myself to give in to these people because I just com- can't agree with them. I love so it. He fucking puts a curse on them as well. I love that. <laughs> when he's arguing with Summer Isle, like whenever they're saying, he's saying, this is ridiculous. This won't bring your apples back. And then he goes to Christopher Lee, oh, you'll be next. If this doesn't work, who do you think they're going for next? And Christopher Lee's just going, no, 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 it's not me. But that, they're just going to keep going up and up and up and up, which brings me to my sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Just Christopher Lee burning. Ugh. I did like. I did, do you know what I did think though? Towards the end, I thought what would have been quite a quite a, a nice little sort of end to it is when, as the the wicker man's burning, there was like a it went down to like a field or something, and there was a little shrub pop up. <laughs> like, do, do you know, or like a little little shoot of a vegetable or something. Just and on that like, grave, there grew a tree. What an actually work, yeah, from that tree. <laughs> <laughs> Did like that song. <laughs> the, the final shot of it is, I, I don't know, I think it's pretty perfect. So whenever the head falls away and you see the sun, it's just in the perfect, perfect position. And Man, they must have waited like for the perfect like now. Did. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. The yeah. cinematographer Harry Waxman, they didn't, him and Hardy didn't get on at all. Oh, okay. The director at all, at all. Didn't want him there, but they were worried that they were going to have to green screen the final shot. And Harry Waxman had the most experience in the country, so he said, you're taking him on. And they were sitting there, they were filming, they were filming, they were filming, they didn't know what to do, didn't know what to do. And as soon as Waxman saw the clouds moving and the sun in the exact position, he ran. So everybody was running after him to do that final shot of the head falling with the sun behind. Perfect, that shot. And Christopher Lee, just like that iconic hands in the air and the hair, the crazy Mm -hmm. hair, man. It's just iconic, yeah. Crazy. Did did it work? That's the question. Did it work? Ask Nicolas Cage. Mm, <laughs> so I've, never seen, I've never seen the, the Nicolas Cage version. But... You, everything, movies are tough to make and we should look for something positive in everything, I guess. <laughs> it's tougher than it should be to find something positive in the remake. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good way of Massive. saying shit, cop. <laughs> no, no, it has, it has points. It has points. Right. What are we doing now then? Getting into some Matt's facts or? Shall I do a few Matt's facts and then uh, Carl will hand it over to you? Yeah. <laughs> so um, apparently, many years after making the film, Edward Woodward, re- Woodward, 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 Woodward re- <laughs> revisited some of the locations and claimed that he found the makeshift cross that Harry makes out of some of the pieces of wood still intact and where it was left in the original scene. Don't believe that. <laughs> but the call of it was. Um, Sir Christopher Lee paid for his own press tour out of his own pocket and hit every stop willing to interview him about the movie. According to rumour, some farmers in Iowa were surprised to see him on live on a live early morning public access show. Which is crazy. 
Um, filmed in 1972 in Galloway, Scotland, uh, there was some controversy when Britt Eklund labelled it uh, the bleakest place on earth. The producer was forced <laughs> forced her to apologise to the locals, apparently. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, I don't know. It is rumoured that the original negative of the full-length version was used as landfill in the construction of the M3 motorway in England. Sir Christopher Lee said that that was apparently done on purpose because of Michael Dealey's dislike of the movie. Do you reckon that's true? <laughs> Christopher Lee and Dealey didn't get on. And you know the reason, Christopher Lee? This is, this is pretty good. They went for a meeting, right? And Christopher Lee's wife came in and Dealey didn't even stand up. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> is that it, is yep. it? <laughs> that's the basis of it. That's pretty good. Amazing. I love that. Um, apparently Rod Stewart launched an attempt to block the release when he learned that his then girlfriend Britt Eklund appeared naked in the movie that didn't happen uh, yeah so yeah, crazy so we've already touched on the Britt Eklund pregnant thing um, but I'll just go over it again Britt Eklund was pregnant with her son Nick Adler while filming and would only agree to shoot nude scene from the waist up a body double, Lorraine Peters, was secretly used for the rear full body shots of Willow dancing. The scenes were filmed after she had left the set. When shooting was over, Eklund was furious to learn she had been doubled in those shots. But director Robin Hardy said it was Eklund who did not want her bottom to be filmed, as she did not like it. To this day, whenever she is approached by fans, autographs or photos of the fully nude scene, she always refuses uh, she constantly points out it's not her. I, I love this one. The company's advertising executives were appalled by the movie's ending and wanted screenwriter Anthony Schaefer to direct um, and director Robin Harley to reshoot the scene, suggesting a sudden rainstorm which would douse the wicker man's flames and save Sergeant Howie's life. They refused. Thank God. There's lots more, but yeah, I bet. too many. Too many. Lots more. <laughs> Can I just add one, one, just one? Go for it. One. Right. So you know we were talking about Brett Eklund having a body double. Mm. She also had her voice dubbed. Oh yes, so she did. Yeah. Her, they did the whole movie, and she didn't realize she was going to be dubbed. But the lady that voiced her was Annie Ross. Of course. Vera from Superman Three and Granny Ruth. You know Granny Ruth at a basket case. Yeah. Nice. Another That's great movie. You felt they could have brought, found a Scottish person to double with, couldn't you? <laughs> there was a Scottish folk singer did her singing verses. Yeah. There's a lot of songs. A lot of songs. Weird. It's a great soundtrack. Right, what are we writing this bad boy then? Mr. Stevens, you want to go first? I'm going to go... I'm not going to give a full mark, so I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. Um... I don't know why. I, I I enjoyed it and I did, and I thought it was very very good, very well shot. Very, I mean, it's obviously a classic, um, but I don't know. I just 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 missing something. I don't know what for it to be a ten, but yeah, nine out of ten. I, I definitely enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> Butch, it's a, I agree with Dammy. I agree with Paul. Um, it's just one shy. It's not my favourite horror because it can't be a ten, but it's awesome. You, you it two really coming, good. becoming as one. One nine out of ten for me. Yeah, definitely. Colm? It's ten from beginning to end. Yeah. If you watch I, the right version. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I I I 
give it 10 all day because of just the way it made me feel when I you've when I, always been my favorite Matt <laughs> I, I, I just it's one of those movies I could watch over and over again and I still get the same feeling at the end the the fact of like just you know no escape and the fact of like it, it's just like the dread throughout it and like just the just the ickiness of it and the weirdness of it and it just I like movies that are just weird and this one is just weird because you don't know about all the law and the paganism and all this and that but then I think when you actually look at it all like who 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 is the who are the evil ones <laughs> but I don't know I just I just really like it for some reason I just really really it just hits something with me it did affect me a lot, and I and I do feel that it's it's not going to be the last time I watch this, a hundred percent. And I think, yeah, it's it's going to be a grower for me. I honestly but, think each time you watch it, it'll 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 fulfil you more. It, it just hasn't. It, it ha, It's aged very well. That's the one thing I was like. I thought it fucking aged very 50 well. Fifty years I old. I think it's because it's contained in the one place. Mm. You know. And because it's an island, it's slightly removed from normal experience, yeah. and it lets it be its own thing, and not tie it to 1973. True. Um, but I do think you should maybe watch another version of it next time. It changes how we see Willow, and it changes how the village sees Willow. Mm. And I think that alters the movie a little tiny bit, and it just rearranges some of the events. Mm. Cool, cool. Yeah, but it's definitely, but it's definitely worth a, a rewatch, and I, I, it, we, yeah. I, I don't think I'll be waiting a few years to rewatch it either. Um, like I said, I, I, it was, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a couple now from the seventies. That's uh, yeah, Holy Snatches a couple of weeks ago, which obviously I've watched like three times since then, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this very good, very, very good. And does anybody want to talk about the best double bill the world has ever known? Ever. This, so this was on the foot of Don't Look Now. Uh, so the two of them released as a double bill, and tell shit. me that's not the greatest double bill in the world. I, I mean, you're not going to feel seen, great after it. But. I haven't seen Don't Look Now, so. <gasps> well, it's on, the li- it's on the list. That's changed. <laughs> that's changed a few things in my notes. <clears throat> <laughs> oh Jesus, bleak man. Anyway. Cool. All right, Calm. So Calm has arranged something for us. So over to you. We are going to play a little game, if that's all right. And all right, the game so. is called... It's just called Game. <laughs> Couldn't think of anything better than that. Uh, game. So, game, let's begin. We have a few things. I'm going to ask you questions. Do you want to keep scores or not? Because whoever gets the highest score gets to choose the movie. So there's three movies that I'm going to suggest. Ooh, well, we're definitely going to. There's yeah. one for Butch, one that Butch will like. There's one that Matt will like, and there's one that Paul really won't like. So whoever gets the highest <laughs> gets to choose. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So round one. Which of these is the most valuable? Is it? This is DVDs we're talking about now. The white special edition DVD, the Anchor Bay wooden box, or the imprint edition sealed. Which one's the most, what did you say? Which is the most valuable. Oh, valuable. Go on, go for it again. So there's the white special edition one. You know, the one with Christopher Lee in the front doing this classic pose. The Anchor Bay wooden box release. 
or the imprint edition? Do, what, do we just shout out or? Uh, I'll take an answer from each of you or an answer altogether, whichever you prefer. Uh, I'm going to go with the wooden box. Yeah, I'll go wooden. I'll go white. You are all wrong. The imprint edition is worth £220 on eBay at this very moment. Ooh, crap. The bonus question in this round related to media yet again is the 4K bonus round. It's Which is more valuable, the collector's edition or the limited edition steelbook? And for full disclosure, the limited edition steelbook has stopped taking pre-orders. I'll go for the steelbook. Mm-hmm. I'll go for the other one. Yeah, I'll go for the other one as well. So the collector's edition is going for 61. The limited edition steelbook is 41. But it's also going for 100 euro on ex, uh, auction sites. So, Butch, you get a point. Oh, eat my dick. We moved to round two. For that. Round two is called <laughs> The Book of the Movie. Which of these first run book of hardback editions costs the most? Is it Ritual by David Pinner? That's what Anthony Schaefer read for his research and inspired by. They had to buy the rights for it in the end anyway. So Ritual, first edition, or The Wicker Man, hardback, first edition. And that was the, the story written after the movie. So they had the movie, and then about two years later, they released a, a book explaining it more. Which hardback I'll, edition cost the most? I'm going to go book of the film. I'll go Ritual. Yeah, I'll go hardback. Yep, Ritual is worth 196 and the Anthony Shaver hardback is only 75. So the bonus round in this one is, and I'll go for prices Right rules. Whenever they took this David Penner novel, they had to pay for the rights. So I would like you to say how much the rights cost and have a guess. $1973. I'm going to go, right, I'll go in the 1973, I'm going to go $2,500. Or pounds, yeah, okay. $1,800. Okay. $2,500. That's what I just said. <laughs> oh, did you? Sorry. Just prices, right? Just do 2501 $2,555. <laughs> the answer is 15000 But... By the law of the game, Matt, you get the pack. Yay! <laughs> That's a lot of money back then. <laughs> um, round three, budget versus value. God, here we go, budget again. So which movie, the 1973 version or the 06 remake by with starring Nicolas Cage, which there's positives and everything. There's positives and everything. <laughs> so which of them had the largest budget adjusted for inflation? And it's using the Bank of England inflation calculator. So, which are the largest budget in today's money? 1973 for me. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. The answer is Nicholas Cage, maybe. 100%. The Wicker Man 73 budget was half a million. Yeah. So, in today's money, that's about 5.1 million. And the Wicker Man, the remake, cost 40 million. <laughs> That's probably just a stage's fee. I suppose that was I don't think he would have got paid that much then. He was uh, kind of in between earning 20 million a movie and earning 2 million a movie. So, oh, yeah. okay. Mm. So the bonus question on the budget round is which offered a better return on their budget? This only includes the budget, not marketing, PR, advertising, any of that. It's just what it cost the production that day or 
I'm going to go Nicolas Cage again. Yeah, I'm going to go for Cage. I'm going to go for Nick Wicker Man, the 1973. And this is just a cinema run, sorry, I should say, not. Ah, so. <laughs> yeah, we I have could. a return on budget, a worldwide gross of a 31.4 return for Wicker Man 1973, and an amazing 97% return for Wicker Man 2006. Uh, incredible, I know, I know. That is incredible. Now it's still just as a massive faders. You need about three dollars back for everyone that you put in to guarantee that you're making the next nun. <laughs> <laughs> you're bitter. Wow. Um, ready for round four? It's yeah. It's movie posters. Everybody oh. loves movies. Which of these movie posters is the most valuable? The 1973 original. So you've got the Wicker Man on the left-hand side, the sun coming up as a gradient behind him, sun up in the corner. Really, really nice, right? The Belgian original, which stars... Uh, it's just like the silhouette of the people, and then this Wicker Man with the sun version through his chest. But on this one, you've got Brick Edling doing her dance and looking very coyly over her shoulder. So we've got the original one, we've got the Belgian original one, or we've got the 1988 re-release. 1980 release and it just has you know the the sun god that you see at the start it just has that face and the silhouette of the villagers belgium yeah i want to say belgium as well my faders are all wrong just because it's got pretty excellent in it that's why we chose it yeah yeah we just 1980 release 320 pounds the belgian one 100 bucks that could be on the wall but the original bigger man 1500 it's man i would love lovely. that yeah it's a really 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 nice poster i've got so, so many quad posters i love i would love to have that in my collection that's a quality one mm. so the bonus round in this how many original 2006 remake wicker man posters could you buy for the price of one original 1973 poster price is right rules so how many of the remake can you get for the original 72 <laughs> i i think that that's i don't think it's that much because i think that because it's such a terrible movie i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for 10 which 15 the answer is remarkably 50 Oh, what the? It's really. It's like kind of between. I like your reasoning, though. I thought the rationale was very good. Yeah. So, round five. This is an easy one. Which of these numbers is bigger? The number of movies Christopher Lee has appeared in versus the number of movies Nicolas Cage has appeared in. I've got oh, Nicolas Cage. That's a tough one. I think, I think it's going to be close. They're very prolific. But I Cage. think that Cage is... Yeah, Cage has been smashing them out recently. It's definitely got to be Cage. Christopher Lee was in everything in the 70s. He's done a lot, man. He's done loads. <laughs> I'm going to go Cage. I'm going to go Cage. Yeah. Fuck it. So we've got everyone saying Cage. The answer is Christopher Lee. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Cage, close. Uh, as of this moment, 121. Maybe it's Christopher Lee. Strap yourself in. He was very busy. 266. Wow. Oh. Yeah. I mean, like he did, he's did, in everything. Yeah, he did play like just 
bit part in things as well, didn't he? Yeah. Like, oh, no, we need to drag you up for five minutes, Christopher Lee. Go on. No, I could have a horror, man. Dumbass. But still, so, double double Nick's cage, especially with his tax issues. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I tell you. It's good, isn't it? And the bonus question. Which of these numbers is bigger? The number of times Christopher Lee has played Dracula? Or the number of times Nicolas Cage has been married? <laughs> oh, no. This is going to be... This is gonna be uh, I'm going to go with... Married. Christopher Lee. I'm going to go with Christopher Lee. I'm going to go married. The answer is Christopher Lee. He played Dracula he seven married. times. And Nicolas Cage has been married five times. Yeah. Uh, a bit close. A bit close. <laughs> and they both played Dracula. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Maybe. So we actually have a tie. Yeah, I'm I, I got I'm dead last. I got one point. So, so well this this could win it all for you. Right. Um so there is a Wicker Man roller coaster at Alton Towers. Roller coaster. What? <laughs> <laughs> roller coaster. There is a Wicker Man musical. So I would like to know if you bought a ticket for Alton Towers and you bought a ticket, a normal price ticket to go and see the Wicker Man musical in 2012, it's not running anymore. Which of those was more expensive? I'm going to go Alton Towers. This is your tie, Rick. Alton Towers. Alton Towers. I'm going for Wicker Man then. So if you buy your ticket in advance in Alton Towers, it is £34. And the cost of a ticket to see the Wicker Man musical is £35. So, but ah. you get Money the point. Coming, bastards. Oh, well, I was going on just show up when the day prices come, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, just show up when the day prices are 68, and you would have won, but that wasn't the question, so... <laughs> um, we also have, if anybody wants to make a guess for bonus points, you know the Hand of Glory, the candle that we didn't talk about? That's, you know the hand that goes to Yeah. You can buy replicas. Etsy is a marvellous, brave new world for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was perusing and I saw the Hand of Glory candle and the Wicker Man sculpture. You can buy a six-inch replica of the Wicker Man sculpture. Which you think would be more expensive? You're not getting points for this. Candle. Wicker Man. Sculpture. The Wicker Man sculpture. Wicker Man sculpture. Cobb, there must be other ways to get the kids to sleep than buying the Hands of Glory. <laughs> <laughs> if I thought I had to take the hand of a dead man and put... <laughs> no, I'd definitely do it. It's absolutely <laughs> worth it. I've had so much. Cracking. So what's okay, the pick then? Right. What, what's the picks? So we have, it's all going to be dependent on what is accessible. So we have, oh, you mean what's the picks for each person? Yeah, it's the same one. I'm going to pick my one, one I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's only fair to give you a choice. So we can watch... One which you think everyone will like, or we can watch one that Paul will not like as much. And the choice is up to you, and I will take a majority of rules. I mean, I'll go for Paul not liking. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'll go for Paul not liking. <laughs> okay. Right, fair enough. Mr. Stevens, would, like would you it. like the way to vote? Go on then. What will okay. I not like? What are we watching? We are watching Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. <laughs> For fuck's sake. 
Is that on Arrow? It is on Arrow, yeah. Okay, I, I gotta write that down. Cannibal, <laughs> women, and the what? Cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death. I mean, that is the longest title that I'm gonna have to write on a fucking episode. So, cannibal women. <laughs> that's probably the longest title that we've had. For but a... it's a really short movie. <laughs> so well, that's good. Good. Oh, wicked. Thank you very much for that pick of cannibal women in the avocado <laughs> of death. It's fucking hell. Jordy face right now. Uh, I mean, I'm I, I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a ten being going to be dished out. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, that was a long episode, everyone. Good. Lots that was fun. That was real fun. Yeah. You enjoy yourself, Colin? Very much so. Thank you very much indeed for having me, gentlemen. No problem. We have. Uh, this will not be the last time for sure. Uh, Especially if you bring quizzes like that to the table, because that was yeah. brilliant. I love that. <laughs> Cracking. Uh, well, that was episode 133. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks to everyone in uh, California. If uh, you are listening to uh, this and you are in America, reach out and let us know who you are. A lot of people listen to it in America at the moment. Love to know who you are. Um, moving on to episode 143. 34 uh we will be doing insidious red door um i'm something to scream about will be demon 79 the last of the black mirror and our move from the vault is cannibal women in the avocado and the avocado of death no <laughs> there one more time the episode cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death Cannibal women in the avocado jungle, jungle of death. Jungle of death. <laughs> yep. There we go. Easy I love it already. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> avocado women in the av- no, not avocado <laughs> women. Cannibal avocado. women <laughs> in the avocado jungle. Of death. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Um, yeah, that's it. And I guess there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. <laughs>